Welcome in, Kiora, to a, another episode of The Podfathers, a Slam Diego Padres podcast. Been a little while, took a quick hiatus, had a bunch of stuff going on between the two of us, and we finally worked onto each other's schedules. But anyways, on the hot mic per usual, we got Los and Walls. Los, how's the uh, last couple of weeks been treating you, my friend? What's up, people? Uh, the boys are back. Last couple of weeks have been hectic, man. Um, some personal stuff, some just trips, you know, kept us away. We've hit our mid-season slump, coincidentally, with the Padres in solidarity with them. We've we've hit our slump, so um, it's been it's been a rough patch of a couple of weeks. We're glad to be back on the mic. Um, yeah, how are you doing, Walls? Congratulations to Walls. First of all, he is officially a homeowner. I don't understand how he was able to lock down a house in this market, but it <laughs> sounds like we're going to have a Podfather studio um, yep. coming soon. Yeah, we got a little loft dedicated to that, so thank you. Appreciate the the congratulations on that one. Um, yeah, that was a long overdue battle uh, a good solid six months of of fighting this market and we settled on a house with that we loved got got accepted obviously since i have it uh now in my grasp and uh now i get to pay an hoa uh on the first of next month so it's uh as we speak it's in poway right yeah poway rb area kind of like so- by uh Carmel Mountain, not naming the actual address. Um, so you're however. officially a, a member <laughs> of East County. East County. East yep. County. Okay. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for sure East County. Absolutely. East County. Um, yeah, no, it's with the, the temperature. Uh, and to me, I got to stick by my guns. Anything on the east side of the 15, which is where we are just barely. Oh, so barely. We're about half a mile off the freeway is east county so i am Dude. a tim hill uh neighbor yeah you're gonna start wearing like fox tank tops and <laughs> and stuff like that i'm i'm so split on that whole debate i think i disagree everything east of the 15 but i think like if you split poway halfway half of it's east county it's like northeast county i guess but i mean we can we can uh we can just call you East County Walls yeah. from now on. It works. Yeah, <laughs> East County Walls. Yeah, I guess we could roll with it for a little bit. Once you come over, then you'll be like, uh, eh, maybe it's uh nice and close to 15. I'll get a little past there. So uh I was <laughs> I was looking forward to that East County comment and it already came out <laughs> in the episode. So yep, that's what that's where we're at. But other than that, uh that's been consuming a bunch of my time. So with your trips and work and personal stuff, my work and buying a house and redoing pretty much everything on the inside. There you go. Two weeks off. And like you said, no coincidence that the Padres haven't done well since the last time we dropped an episode. So bookmark it. They're going on a run. They're going on a roll after this. Uh, yes, we will take credit. No, we won't. Uh, but yeah, just anyways, going to get into a little update here. The last time we read these standings, it felt a lot more fun to read. Uh, Right now, sitting at 38 and 32. Not not great. Not great, Jeff. Uh, five and a half games back of the Giants, depending on their game tonight, which I can't believe the Giants keep going on a roll, but 
they're they're figuring it out. I saw a stat about a week ago too, so it's outdated. Where the Giants had only played twenty teams, I think, with records or twenty games with uh, against teams with a winning record, opposed to the Padres who had played thirty nine at the time. Um, so clearly, the strength of schedule is a little bit off, but still, you got to win those games against yeah. the not so good teams, which has we've proven that we can't in recent times uh that's good for third place in the nl west we still have a plus 61 run differential and kind of a cool little split here or not so cool but at home 23 and 14 killing it at home that 10 game uh home winning streak definitely helped for that and then we're 17 and 18 away so we have to figure it out away from petco so hopefully the boys can do that soon yeah no absolutely and when you look at it, we're six games above 500, but that has just been chipping away down, down, down. And our division is so strong that we just can't let that happen. And to your comment on the Giants, sure, they've played weaker teams, but they've beat on them as they're supposed to. And that's something that we can't seem to figure out um, to date. The event individual leaders, Tatis with 21 home runs are Shining beacon of light on this team, uh, 48 RBIs, 13 stolen bases for him as well, leads the team, and then runs also Tatis, 47. Um, as far as hits go, Crone with 70, and then Tatis is hitting 277. Obviously, he is dominating our team stats, but that average one, it, it stings because it's, it it's just so it's so reminiscent of – the teams that we grew up with when you would look up at the scoreboard and the opposing teams had a couple 300 guys and we just didn't seem to have the same caliber of players. And I know we have those guys, but our, our stats are abysmal right now. Um, as far as pitching goes, Musgrove leading the team with a 2.5 ERA Darvish uh, leading the strikeouts with 97 and then Musgrove leading the whip category with a 0.03 and Melanson, 19 saves out of 21 save ops. I think, I believe, what I heard is you said 0.03 whip from Musgrove. Um, 0.83. Oh, three yeah. would be Hall of Fame status. Yeah, <laughs> like, pretty nice. <laughs> that'd be pretty nasty. No, but I mean, 0.83 is still fantastic. Just going to show you what type of year that Musgrove is having. And then to circle back on Tatis... Yes, that's the one thing that stood out to me was the average. Him being the highest on the team right now, 277, goes to show you how badly we've struggled at the dish in the last couple weeks, especially. And a little bit of a tidbit on that, too. Even with that low-ish average, 277 is still good. Uh, And him leading the league in home runs now, his RBI is up there, stolen bases up there he could potentially be the very first Padres starter in an all-star game since Tony Gwynn back in 1999, which dates back 20 seasons because there wasn't an all-star season last year. And in 1999, Tony Gwynn was hurt for that. So we didn't even get a chance to play. So uh, that would be some feat. I mean, it is by far the longest active drought. I'm looking right now, 20 seasons for the Padres. Like I just mentioned, the next longest is five seasons for the A's when Josh Donaldson was on the squad in 2014. So we are absolutely just yearning for a starter, not, you know, some random guy, like what was that 
outfielder's name, something white. Was a, no, Roddy White is a wide receiver. Um, and then, you know, just any little bullpen piece, uh, Jake Peavy a couple times. So we'll probably have a couple guys in there. A few weeks ago, it looked like we were maybe going to be dominating that roster. And unless things change, it's probably only going to be a couple guys going into it. But just a little little update right there on the uh, the kind of all-star game-ish front especially with Tatis at the forefront of that as well but anyways going to do a quick recap of this past week series series against the Mets lost two out of three and no shock that we lost the game against the Grom again and again against Stroman so having that one two punch against the Mets in a matter of a week twice uh, that's just honestly not fair at all like Jacob DeGrom I saw he as of today, in the game at least, I'm not sure how his start ended up. He's, I think I saw that he allowed four earned runs and he has six RBIs on the season. Like yeah. that is, that's phenomenal. Just you've almost never heard of it before. Um, and I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's hitting like four something right now. It's just, he's doing everything, everything for his squad. Um, and then Stroman is having a very, very sneaky good year too, as well. He's in the low twos in the ERA department. Not much to add to that series, to be quite honest with you. We luckily kind of opened it up in that third game of the series. Tatis with the absolute bomb of a grand slam. And as of right now, if he is not producing, the offense is just not ticking whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if you want to add anything to that that Met series. but No, no I mean, he's – yeah, DeGrom through today, he, he got hurt. Um, but he saw that his, yeah. his ERA dropped down to a 0.54. He's just unbelievable, unbelievable to watch. But it sucks because I thought that game. I don't. I want to stop calling things turning points because they don't seem mm-hmm. to be turning into turning points. But I thought that was going to be the spark to get our offense going. Um, and unfortunately, it did not. We got swept by the Rockies after that. So it's tough. It's been a tough, tough, tough two weeks, and they can't seem to get out of it. No. I mean, this is one thing from the Rockies series that I took away. I knew that they were really good at home, Um, but this actual split for the Rockies records is – I don't think I've seen anything, any discrepancy like this. And, of course, you're going to get the Coors effect. They're very comfortable playing there. You know – hitting and whatnot is is much easier there and so on and so forth but at home they're 23 and 14 after sweeping us and away they're five they're five and 27 i don't think i've ever seen a split like that where it's literally that one-sided on on either side so hopefully we can get them at petco again here soon and actually take care of business but yeah just that was just an abysmal series it just nothing was clicking even today we were we were getting ahead fighting back tying the game and you just knew you just had a feeling that we weren't going to get that one over the line yeah the rockies are lucky that the diamondbacks are just as bad because i think through yesterday even though they went up 7-0 they ended up losing to the giants and i think that was 21 21 in a row that they've lost on the road so they might yeah. be just as bad as the rockies but either way the, the record i think for them will be too yeah either way i mean it's like we it's like i said it's doesn't matter that the Giants have a worse record or played teams with worse records than we have. They've taken care of business when they were supposed mm-hmm. to. And the Rockies, even if it's at Coors, 
we can't get swept by them. Maybe it's just, it's unacceptable. No, no it, it like, yeah, it's completely unacceptable. And yeah, I mean, even though it's cores and it's the cores effect, both teams are facing it. You know, yeah. we got, we're facing the worst bullpen in baseball or the second to worst bullpen in baseball, particularly because of that cores effect. You know, it's not just like, oh, the Rockies are going to score 10 runs. That means that we can't either, you know? So, um, and just an atrocious start by Blake Snell again, his home to road splits are pretty much like the Rockies home to road splits. Uh, and just on the road, he, he just cannot figure it out. He's just, he's awful. So we really need to see him ticking soon. I, there's still time. The <clears throat> panic meter is definitely rising, uh, to say the least. But I would much rather see him and the team struggling in June, especially early to mid June, than July, August, September, somewhere in that time frame. So we still got time to to turn it around. And with that being said, I think we're a game back of the Brewers, who are the second in the wild card. Um, and so if we are playing this abysmal, this we're playing this terribly and we're only a game back of a playoff spot, then that is really hard to believe, but it is in fact the truth. So just got to keep it rolling, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the tough thing though, is we don't want to be a wild card team, especially the way we're hitting. I know there's plenty of time to hopefully figure it out, but if we make the wild card, there is a good chance we're going to face a Brewers or a Mets. And I've seen a lot of, I don't know if it's excuses and obviously we had a tough road stretch and in that road or not road stretch, just, just stretch in general, just stretch yeah. in general. And mm-hmm. in that stretch, we faced the Grom, Woodruff, Burns, all those guys. And I keep saying, I guess we can call it an excuse that we've, played against top tier pitching, but guess what? That's what's going to happen in the playoffs. And if we are a wild card team, it's the dumbest setup in all of major sports that it's a one game plan, but it is what it is. And if we play a DeGrom or if we play a Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff, I have zero confidence right now that we would win that playing game. So we, we have to step it up. Um, Luckily for us, we have one guy that's kind of stepped it up. Um, and he's been one of the most polarizing players, I guess you could say, this year. Yeah. Tommy Pham in the last 15 games, slashing 317, batting average 451 on base, slugging 439 and 890. He has basically been the guy. Tatis <sighs> as well lately, but Tommy Pham has mm-hmm. been the rock. And who would have who would have guessed that, you know? Yeah, I mean, with Tommy, he's such a hot and cold type of player. I know he has those vision issues, and that's really what contributes to it the most uh, from what my understanding is. And clearly, he's figured out his contacts recently. But to have a 451 OBP in the last 15 games, every other at-bat, he's getting on base. And that's exactly what you look for at the top of the order. So it's amazing that it just goes to show you how poorly the rest of the team bar bar Tatis has played behind him. Because if you have a guy that is getting on pretty much every third inning, then you got to score some more runs than that. You know, it's not like the pitching hasn't been that good recently from the standard that they set at the beginning of the year, that was never going to be sustainable, Right. but they they've been faltering and that's probably due to 
like you said, that grueling stretch that they've been been a part of, which I don't, I don't understand how you get one day off in a calendar month. Uh, the MLB's got to figure that out. That's just outright ridiculous. And it's clearly contributing to our struggles. But with that being said, you got to find a way to get over that. Everyone, every team's going to go through a stretch like that. And so to see the the offense in particular, that you know, the pitching, you could be like, okay, yeah, the bullpen's exhausted. You know, they they're we've we've used them those guys like way too much, wearing them out, gonna have an off day here and there. But just to see the offense sputter this poorly, uh, it it was reminiscent of the beginning of the year, really, when we had some some droughts here and there. But just recently, it's been just downright awful. So hopefully we can pick it up and Tommy's doing his best at the top of the lineup to try and do that because I swear every time I'm watching an at bat from him, if he's not getting on base, there's a, it's a two or three ball count. Like he is just locked in right now. So he's going to need some, some help other than, than Bebo to uh, get this team rolling for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a drought. It's a drought. And the pinnacle of that drought right now is pro far. Um, I'm kind of torn on the pro far thing. I'm, I'm not the mm-hmm. biggest pro far guy in general, but he's not an everyday starter. So it's, it's hard to really point the finger at him. Um, He's definitely not an outfielder and he's made a lot of mistakes out there, (laughs) but this, this isn't his role. I personally think last year was kind of an anomaly stats wise, but regardless, it's not his role. His slash line, 121, 310 on base, 152 slugging, 461 OPS, but the ultimate, embodiment of what is going on with our team right now is Eric Hosmer. And it's tough because I remember our, our preseason pod, the one before the season got going, I, I kind of called out Haas and I said, a lot of the talk when we signed him was he's a leader. Mm -hmm. The numbers or whatever. Yeah. But the leadership he brings a lot, but that's, who cares? We have plenty of leaders now. I don't care about his leadership. He needs to contribute. And I don't care how much he makes either because someone slashing 136, 191, 159 with a 351 OPS. And on top of that, terrible defense is just not going to cut it. And I'm sick of seeing him. I. We'll get into more of him Sick because of we're him. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get into a mailbag. This this podcast is a psychology podcast. It's a little bit of a therapy. We're gonna go through some rants in a bit, but um, those just those numbers are inexcusable. Yeah, and looking at those two guys, uh, Profar at least getting on base three ten in those last fifteen. I know his, his at bats hitting wise, like he looks a little bit lost, um, especially from the right side of the dish, he he just is not productive at all. And, um, but like you said, he's not an everyday guy. And so you can't play like lay the entire blame on him. He's supposed to be that guy to fill in at second, you know, give Crone a day off, you know, filling in left field, could give fam a day off, you know, he's was playing first today, but it's almost like he's, ending up playing every single day because he's covering every single player's positions because we've had no days off too. So he's yeah. been in the lineup so much and um, naturally he's an infielder too. So it's, it's tough. It's a tough ask from him. He's getting paid the big bucks to do it. Uh, but at least 
yeah, like I said, that 310 OBP, that's the reason that he's still sniffing that lineup from time to time because he's at least getting on base. I mean, 191 OBP from Haas is, is not good. I personally can't see it getting worse than this. I'm knocking on wood as we speak that he can't be playing worse. Um, so it naturally it's going to autocorrect and he's going to, in my opinion, probably pick it up. But uh, anytime you go through a, a stretch like that, I mean, at the beginning of the year, he was Mr. Clutch for us and he won us a bunch of games, but not living up to that contract right now. That is for damn sure. So hopefully he can turn it around soon. Yeah. Yeah. No, hopefully I'm, I'm always faithful and hopeful for this team, but I, I'd have no, I don't, I've got no, no belief right now. Um, with that being said, we're going to get in our mailbag. A lot of emotions running through um, the Twitter and the email. Um, I'm an emotional guy, so I feel your guys' pain. We're going to step into the therapist seat right now, and we're just going to go one by one what the people are saying, how you guys feel. Um, We're going to start with Mercier Carson, friend of the pod, great guy. Um, He had this to say, Hosmer to the sun, eat the money, I don't care, IDC. Um, Couldn't agree more, man. I'm... I'm big on play the best man for the position and he doesn't fit that bill on either side. I want to see crone play first base and obviously not realistic, but uncle Pete said, we're not a small market team. The guy's got a billion bucks in his pocket. Eat the money, bro. Let's feel the best guys out there because Hosmer, he's just, he's not in a good mental space right now. Yeah, he's uh he's struggling. <laughs> and I mean, if he is the quote unquote leader and heartbeat of this team, I mean he's, he's embodying the struggles. So he's not no from the reason that he got brought into this uh this squad in the first place. I definitely agree with you that he's not the the heartbeat of this team, but you know, when he is doing well, the team is doing better. So he's he the does. he's the anus of this team right now. <laughs> <laughs> Necessary, but it's not working like <laughs> yeah or like what's the most useless part of the body isn't like your your, your spleen or your appendix your, pen- your appendix, spleen is dude. pretty damn important <laughs> okay never mind i'm clearly not a <laughs> biologist <laughs> or whatever <laughs> i'm a therapist today not a dog therapist not a doctor so whatever the most useless part of your body is that's what he is right now yeah it <laughs> tech psychology at your at your uh, service from dr Willis right here um yeah, Hosmer to the sun. I love how like to the sun is now interpreted as a bad thing in society, I guess. And to the moon is like signifying something like very We're going like, a great accomplishment. Yeah. Although like to get to the sun would be quite accomplishing. But um, yeah, next one from David HP 92 DFA Hosmer. Uh, <laughs> you can kind of see where this is going. <laughs> um, DFA Hosmer. That would be like Uncle Pete would have the biggest cojones to just DFA him on the spot. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. This is clearly, we, I'd sent this tweet out like right when the game finished after we just got swept by the Rockies too. So I'm loving the fact, the raw emotion here. Um, although the, I don't know if this is just raw emotion. He might be de- dead serious right here, but um, yeah, not much more to say on, on that, <laughs> on the DFA Osmer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, the next one's hilarious. Java Joe Girl one, uh, aka Maria. Um, first of all, Java Joe Girl one used to be Hosmer Girl one. I'm pretty sure on the Twitter yep. handle. So like that right there, it says everything you need to know. How much people <laughs> the people have just completely 180 <laughs> on Haas. <laughs> But uh, the question is Hosmer or Crone at first base? I'm Crone all day. Crone is Crone. You could put him anywhere, and he's gonna stack up defensively with anyone in this league. The guy is the ultimate ball player, and I mean the guy hits. I I love Crone, so this one's a no brainer for me. But again, the contracts and everything, and I mean also what it would just do to Hosmer mentally if he just got yeah. sent to the bench, like. I don't I don't know. I don't know if he's coming back from that one, but personal choice. Obviously, Crone's the guy at first. The guy's a stud. Yeah. And then I guess to kind of build off that question, would you then go with Kim at second? Would you go at Profar with second? Would you do a platoon right there? Um, would you just have Cronenworth play first and second and it would probably be better off at the same time? I, or? I would go Kim, I would platoon, but platoon. I, I I like Kim's defense and yeah, he's he's hitting better. He's I'm I'm happy he's happy to have Kim at second. So yeah, I uh, that would be my ideal right side, but probably not gonna happen. No, probably not. I don't I don't think the DFA Oscar is gonna happen either. But <laughs> I like the comment. <laughs> yeah, um, back again. Twenty three C dot says if you could trade for one player at the deadline, who would it be and why? And when do Haas and Myers get sent to the KVO? This <laughs> poor guy is getting so Poor Haas, dude. Um, man, man, oh, man. He's the one that's winning, actually, because he's walking home. <laughs> and he's like, bro, I'm getting a bag. Like, what you guys silly fools for signing me? Um, I guess I'll... <laughs> I'll address the second part of the question just because then we can get the Hosmer stuff out of the way. Um, Haas and Myers sent to the, the KBO. So Myers is, is, you know, has not played well, to be honest with you. He hasn't. I personally think he's a little banged up. Um, he's wearing something on his hand where he doesn't, the dude doesn't wear batting gloves. I don't know if you yeah. guys have noticed, but he has like a little, it almost kind of looks like an ACE bandage that wraps around his thumb and around his wrist. Um, so that's telling me that either it's a, you know, a thumb or wrist issue shocker. Um, and that is very crucial, obviously in gripping a bat. So along with his very dramatic squatted stance this year, I don't know if you've noticed that as well. He used to be a little bit more upright. Uh, I, I just think he's a little bit off both body wise and mechanically, but uh, get sent to the KBO. Yeah, he could follow in the path of Carlos Aswahe. Maybe if he talks some crap over Twitch about uh, Tingler, then he'll follow in his footsteps there. And then, yeah, I was sent to the KBO. That's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, we could trade him and him and Myers for for Kim, maybe. Um, and then, yeah, if we could trade one player at the trade deadline, who would it be? Uh, gosh, there. You know, we're getting the Reds, the hot red hot Reds. That's funny. Uh, in coming into town tomorrow and you know, they're playing good baseball. Unfortunately, they've won six in a row doing quite well on the road right now. 
And before that stretch, they looked like they'd be some sellers. Uh, I don't know if that's the case. Now there's plenty of time, you know, until the trade deadline. So you never know if they're going to see a dip in form or if this is actually sustainable. But uh, Jesse Winker in left field is the real deal. I, we, we talked about him in the last uh, episode. He would be a very pretty penny, a very, very pretty penny. It would cost a lot uh, to send the other way. Um, Nick Castellanos, same right on the right right field side of things uh, would also be very expensive and he's absolutely killing it. Uh, and then my guy that I've been saying is, is Chris Bryant. We need more bats. He's a, he's a rental. He wouldn't be as expensive, uh, can play third when Manny needs a day off, obviously the corner outfield positions and first as well. So those are my three guys that I'm throwing out there just because uh, we need some bats right now and some consistency in that matter. Not yeah. Too- I, I like those. I don't think, I think maybe Chris, it's just tough because they're such a high price tag. All of them. Um, I I know Preller is going to do something. I don't think Winker is going to happen. I would love to see Castellanos in a Padres jersey, dude. dude. On top of just crushing, he, he's the swag Lord. Like he, he would fit in so well with this team, that personality that he has like that, that, Earlier in the season, after he got suspended, um, he hit a home run, and he ended up giving the guy behind home plate, I think, either his bat or he gave him something. And they interviewed mm-hmm. they interviewed um, Castellanos after the game with the fan, and he goes, hey, so we noticed you gave the fan something after he, he talked to you before you're at bat. What did he say? And... Castellanos doesn't even say anything. He hands the guy the yeah, the hands on the mic, right? Yeah, yeah and, and he's like, and the fans just like, yeah. I told him uh, to imagine that baseball is Rob Manfred's head, and <laughs> he hit the next one yeah, out of the just park. Laughing, he's just yeah. cracking up, just shaking his head like that guy is oozing swag, and I would love to see it. That's my number one. Brian's a good one. Uh, Ketel Marte would be awesome yes. too. That's going to be a Starling. super high. Yeah. And Starling, either one high mm. price tag on all of those guys though. So I don't know how realistic they are, but um, really anyone that can hit and <laughs> play outfield, I guess like we're it's yeah, desperate right. times right now, like really desperate times. The one guy I don't want, and I'm sick of seeing people say is Joey, Joey. Gallo. Yeah, he's not, he's not a serious upgrade. And I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't want the guy. He's, he's got a good personality. Like I, I like the guy he's funny as hell. He's got some pop, which, you know, we are lacking in the power department, but everyone kind of is this year with the dead and baseball and whatnot. So good OBP, but again, yeah, I don't, I, we need average right now too. We need that consistency. He can go on a run of, you know, 10 games of just having a, two hit span, you know? So we need that. We need a little bit more consistency. We have guys like Profar that can get on base even when they're not hitting, you know, fam when he's not hitting, I know he's been hot lately. He can get on base and stuff like that. So um, I agree with you. I, I don't think it would be a, uh, he plays good defense too, which is what we're lacking from time to time, especially when Grisham was out. But now that Grisham's back, uh, I mean, he's gold glove out there, but yeah, no, Nick Castellanos, that would be awesome. I, the other day too, he got struck out on just this like stupid 
uh, strike three call and he continued to walk the first. Like he just like did huh. his whole routine, took his batting gloves off. He like dropped his bat, took his little shin guard off and then like walked the first. Then he just like peeled off to the dugout. That dude's got some swag. I'd love him on the squad. And I feel like he would be very uh, reinvigorating for this, uh, for this team right now. We need something to, to mix it up. Next question at Gilpex. When do the Padres decide to fire Damian easily? The Mets fired their hitting coach and turned the offense around. Um, I don't know. It's tough because clearly they're not hitting. He's the hitting coach. But just a year ago, we were hitting amazingly. The approach was there. I don't know that it's his fault. I don't know who they would replace him with. So for me, I don't think I don't think we do fire him during the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's it's like in any job, if the people you oversee aren't producing, then you got to make a move. But I, I personally don't think it's really his fault. The guys just aren't getting it done on the field at the end of the day. So good for the Mets that it worked for them. I don't, I don't know that that's our solution. Yeah. I mean, Damian easily has been in the the organization for quite a while too. So I think that would probably weigh into it a little bit. Clearly if they're just like very, you know, underwhelming and this continues for quite a while. Um, unfortunately he probably would be the guy to go along with some players too. Preller, Preller's never afraid of that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Good, good uh, point, by the way, to point out the fact that the Mets did uh, kind of turn their hitting around when they fired it. And this happens a lot in soccer. This is very common uh, to have a, they call it like a new manager bounce where they, they fire the manager that because the team isn't doing too hot. And then he comes in, he shakes it up. He has some new practices. He got, has some new techniques and tactics and whatnot and plays some different players. And I just don't think it would be the same type of effect um we have guys that are just naturally streaky players like Hosmer goes on these absolute rants of the hitting and you know Tatis is even but he's more consistent in that matter Manny is definitely underwhelming right now at the dish it seems like he's picking it up a little bit in the last couple games but yeah I I don't think it's time I mean ask this again in probably another month and if not much has changed then I mean, you're probably kind of forcing the hand of the organization to make a change, but um, I don't think, (laughs) sorry, I'm I'm looking at the next question. Um, I don't think uh, it's the right time just yet. It's only been a stretch. It's been a, like we said, a horrific stretch of games uh, with that one day off. So got to give a little bit of leeway, but we have expectations. So if they're not met probably in the near future, then yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if something happens to, to Mr. Easley. Yeah, man. Um, next one from cousin Arnie. Why doesn't my dad love me? Um, Arnie, I, I, I'm sorry, man. I don't know what to tell you. I'm looking at your Twitter right now. You rock one hell of a Cowboys hat. Um, so I don't know, man. It sounds like a, a personal problem for him. You seem like a great guy. Got some cool interests. I see some Padre, some wrestling, some vinyl, Tell him to give us a call. Maybe we can work this out on the pod. We'll we'll sit down in the therapist chair like we're doing right now, and maybe we can work this out. We can do some like Dr. Phil kind of stuff. But I'm sorry to hear that. But we we can work this out. I think we'll 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 talk it through. Yeah, I 
I don't know why this one cracks me up. Because <laughs> it's like amidst all this like, oh, screw Hosmer. I hate him. He sucks. Tingler, you're out. And then it's like, why doesn't my dad love me? <laughs> Arnie, and, Arnie, I love you. All right. And that's all that matters. The pod yeah. fathers love you. If your father doesn't love you, the pod fathers do. And we're here for we you. you. We're family. All love. Yeah. <laughs> the Padres might not love any of us right now, but the pod fathers do. So remember that. That's one thing you take from this podcast. Uh, next one at Daniel Ren123. Tingler out. What do you think? Um, no, but let's combine this one with the next one. Cause I have, yeah. I have a yeah, thought. thought. So yeah. Tyler Stedman, 13, please stop coming for the manager. I understand that he must put the players in the best position to succeed, but he, in, in the end of the game, but in the end, sorry, they need to hit the ball. They need to throw strikes. He puts the name on the card and is at the mercy of their performance. Hashtag Padres. Um, yeah, I, it's not overreaction time. We're not going to fire Tingler. He's, he's a great manager, but I'm kind of on the fence on all of these lineup changes and the lineup construction. I understand what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like having pro, but stuff like having pro far hit so far up in the lineup or, I don't know. All the constant change, he's trying to find that spark and that right lineup for them to succeed. But at the same time, consistency helps also. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of split between I get it. I get what he's doing. He's a smarter man than I am. That's why he's a coach. Um, But you are a doctor, though. So I feel like at some point it might help to just put the guys in their natural spots and let them go. And hopefully they find their groove. Then at this point, we got to try something and what's been going on isn't working. So I agree with Tyler to where it's like, stop coming for the manager, especially as, as far as to go, like what Daniel's saying with Tingler out, Mm -hmm. but maybe a little more consistency would help the guys. Um, But yeah, I think to say Tingler out's a little too far. Yeah. And this is, yeah. A little overreactions along with these, uh, emotions, which is all we're, we're all here for, but I get um, it. I get it. I'm yeah, same. I, so, I want, I want someone's head to, to roll and get the guys fired up, but Tingler is not the guy. No. Yeah. He's, uh, I'm, I'm a, definitely not in the middle of those two, but yeah, I do understand both sides. I understand the frustrations with him. Like his lineup changes recently, especially because we've been getting healthier. They they just smell like Andy Green is at the helm again. Like every night that we'd come out, like I know, <laughs> I know poor Andy Green had like the worst guy, the the prodigy in Austin Hedges and Carlos Asuaye, who, according to Hunter Renfro, was like the greatest at bat taker that he's ever seen in the minors and so on and so forth. And he probably could have got more out of those guys, but. Um, he would, he would swap, change, flip everything, the lineup every single day and day out. And like you said, consistency is so key, especially in baseball. They're so routinistic guys. And I think that they're almost still treating this part of the season. This is probably their game plan from the beginning of the year to rest some guys here and there. I know we keep saying with this brutal stretch of games, you know, these guys are needing, needing rest needing to, you know, get off their feet for a game and two or two. And um, I think it was part of probably the first half of the year before the all-star break where they saw the schedule, 
they're like, you know what? We played 60 games last year. So I think at the beginning of the year, we're just going to really flip it. They probably maybe overvalue their depth a little bit at times. So I think that's why he's, he's swapping it up a little bit. But with that being said, yeah, we got to have a little bit more consistency. Even, even Tatis, he's like all over the place in the lineup right now. He's fourth, second, third. And the luxury of that guy is like, you can throw him anywhere and he's going to do good, but maybe not the other guys. I think they're probably feeling the effects a little bit, a little bit uh, on the negative side in the lineup there. So yeah, right. in not quite in the middle, but um, I do like the fact that someone's standing up for, for Tingler, but he, you know, he's got to take some of the blame too, just like everyone else. So, yeah. Yeah. And this next one also kind of ties into it. So Coondog mm-hmm. Saint, um, if Snell is pulled after four runs, we win that game. He's talking about today's game mm-hmm. where he ended up giving seven up, I believe. Um, yeah. He says um, really could have used Weathers today who got sent down to the minors. Um mainly because of workload. He's close to a hundred innings pitched um, already. And he also says some bad managerial decisions lately, but not all Tingler again, playing with the thing. We're not going to go after Tingler's here, but he says guys need to hit and Cy Young caliber guys need to be better. We are still going to be fine. I'm with you, Ryan. Uh, Ryan's my guy. He's one of my fellow. He's in my season ticket pod. Um, we actually call him, Coon in the cankle because he is the master of uh, slipping in those shots into his socks. So he's just got, looks like he's got cankles when he's walking into the stadium, but I agree. I mean, we're going to be fine, but he's right. It's, it's the same thing that um, Tyler said that, sorry. Yeah. Tyler Sedman said that we, the guys need to play to their caliber. No one is playing to their caliber, even Tatis with everything that he's doing is not playing as caliber and it's unfortunate because I thought they would have picked it up by now, but again, there's still plenty of time, but let's, let's figure it out boys. Yeah, no, he, I think that uh, Ryan did a great job summarizing kind of the entire situation right now. If Snell's pulled after first four runs, we win that game. I completely agree with you on that one. I think the only problem is right now, cause we're at the tail end of that, damn ridiculous schedule that like Tingler doesn't want to go into his bullpen. He also doesn't want to ruffle the feathers of Snell who's been pulled early multiple times. You know, he's trying to give him that confidence and whatnot and trust and belief that he's going to get out of it. But I agree with you on that one. Uh, He probably would have pulled him to be honest, if we still had weathers today, Yeah, Uh, you know, then he has had some bad managerial decisions, but yeah, guys need to hit. Scion calibers need to be better. AKA Blake Snell. Even you can go to, you know, you Darvish yesterday and, um, you know, even though it's cores and whatnot, he still could have played a little bit better. His RPMs were actually very much lower. I don't really want to get into that, but, um, huh. yeah, his, his rotations on the ball were, were much lower. They were like Trevor Bauer lower. Um, and yeah, but like you said at the end in all caps, mind you, we are still going to be fine. I go back a long ways with, with, uh, Ryan playing, playing ball, Little little seven eight year olds on the uh, San Marcos All Star team, shout out San Marcos All Stars. <laughs> mm. Won a couple trophies by the way, so you know Ryan knows ball. So he does know ball, ball. Ryan. The cankle, great name by the way too. <laughs> um, this one's from LFG. Great name. Uh, the swag chain is a curse. Get rid of the damn thing. I'm 
I'm so torn on this because it's so freaking cool. But I'm I'm definitely uh I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with you, LFG. Like maybe not get rid of it, but maybe we kind of put it up on the shelf. We put that briefcase thing that it comes in and throw it somewhere in the corner until we start playing good ball again because it's it's not something that that we should be doing, in my opinion, right now. What do you think? Yeah, it's unfortunate that when it got unveiled, we kind of started going downhill from there. So if we had been playing quite well, then clearly we wouldn't be feeling this way. Um, it just kind of, I understand like why, you know, at the time, like we were on 10 game home winning streak, like everything was firing. We were feeling so good. We were first in the MLB in record, our diff, everything. So Manny's like, boom, swag chain. And then, uh, yeah, it's kind of been downhills from there. So I don't, yeah. don't want to get rid of it because, and neither does Manny because he paid a, a very nice lump sum of money i'd imagine um to get this thing going but i think yeah maybe a little bit in more spurts you know don't don't wear it out so fast um yeah at the same time though they need to stay loose man they're obviously all going through it right now so if that's what gets them through it fine but yeah it's like i'm trying to think losing it doesn't look good yeah in, in any sport when you it's like when the the giants a very kind of a different situation, but when the New York Giants all went to party before the playoffs and they get blown out, when you're winning, no one cares about that. But we're not yeah, playing you- good, so it's not the best look. But if it makes them happy, it makes me happy. So, um, next one, Booty Hippie, best name so far. Yeah, I love that one. Incredible name. Uh, can anyone solve the case of the yips that has taken over the whole team? Man, if if they knew that answer, they, they would be solved. So I don't think so, my friend. I unfortunately know it's just gonna they're just gonna have to keep grinding it out. That's that's what baseball is. It's a grind of a season. The yips happen, unfortunately, but they're just gonna have to grind this one out. Yeah, Uncle Pete's uh deep pockets might be someone that can solve the case of the yips a little bit, <laughs> bring in some reinforcements here and there. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, if they knew the case, if they, if they knew who could solve that case, then, you know, they'd be all over it. I think it's this baseball, man, 162 games. It's grueling. It is the toughest schedule out of any sport in the world. I mean, you could honestly go and say that, uh, but it's just, uh, you're going to go through these lulls. Every team that has won the world series in the past has gone through spurts like this and it sucks when you go through it, but a lot of times you just got to ride that wave and then learn from your mistakes. So again, glad it's happening in June. And yeah, my answer would be uncle Pete's uh, deep pockets might be the person that could solve the case of the yips. Yeah. Mike on the radio, our guy, he's got a. (laughs) Hello darkness, my old friend. He says, I have no emotions other than pain. I'm with you, brother. But guess what? We're all in this together. The Podfather's got you. We feel the pain, but we're going to get through this, Mike. I promise you, it's there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and we're going to get there. I have no emotions other than pain. <laughs> That's an emotion. It's just it not is. the right one. 
we got to channel that energy, Mike, and think positive thoughts. Okay, we need to breathe, count to 10 when the anger builds up, and then just breathe and think soothing thoughts. Listen to the sound of our voice because we will get through this. At Babyface, dude, what the f*** is going on with these Padres? <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, I'm going to need to bleep a couple seconds right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Babyface Stu. We've got some great handles, by the way. These names are fantastic. Like, Babyface Stu is, is awesome. Um, what is going on with these Padres? I don't know. Ask Mike. This, he, he has no emotions other than pain, so that's clearly a good good painted picture of of what's rolling right there yeah yeah it's tough Stu. i think we've hit on it a lot though but again we'll we'll get through this together uh ruben vasquez we are absolutely horrendous we four need the all-star points. yeah four four people we need the all-star break so badly couldn't agree more with you and remind people above 500 doesn't mean anything. Agree. I agree wholeheartedly with this whole statement. Um, 500 is going to chip away. We're going to be 500 here soon if we don't figure it out. So <laughs> you're right. We're absolutely horrendous. It's only six games now. That's a series and a half. We've got the Reds coming up. We've got the Dodgers coming up. So, yeah, being above 500 means absolute nothing right now. It doesn't. However, caveat. Uh, first of all, before I caveat, uh, Ruben Vasquez, 100% agree with you. We have been absolutely horrendous. There's no other way to uh, shape that comment. But caveat, two years ago, if we were 38 and 32, I think is what we are, uh, in, t- in 2019. Nope, nope. Not letting you, nope. not letting you do this. Nope. This is yep. a new team. Um, we're done I know with the that expectations, mentality. The expectations are are much higher. So my point being is when you got expectations, it sucks when you're going through this before it was like, Oh, this, this is June. This is my June. I'm used to switching off the TV and not listening to Monday on until August or September again. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's my caveat 38 and 32. Uh, we'd be killing for that a couple years ago. So just well, what's worse. Are we, let, let me ask you this. What's worse. Eight years ago when, you knew we were going to play bad and they still went on and disappointed you and you watched the whole game and it sucked or now how you feel right now? Oh, eight years ago. And like, obviously it feels worse now, but I'd much rather be in the situation right now because we actually have talent. Like before when we sucked, it was like, you you think eight years ago is worse or this is worse. I think the feeling now is worse because we actually have expectations. Yeah, However, okay. if I had to pick a situation, it would be this situation that we are currently in, even though it feels yeah. worse. Yeah. That no, sense? that makes sense. That's what I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, okay. Last one from our boy, Evan. Evan B. This one's a little lighter. So um, we'll end on a, on a, little better no actually we have a couple more i almost forgot about but got a fun question for you boys who would you compare this current padre squad with in terms of a soccer club past or present and the same goes for individual padres players who would be their soccer counterparts cheers boys cheers evan um 
Well, he's a West Ham fan, so he totally understands just having all this false hope at the beginning of the year and then just getting absolutely nowhere other than this year. Congrats on your sixth place finish in the Premier League. Um, I'm a Tottenham fan, and we are pretty much the damn same. We come in, we have a good squad, there's a bunch of hype, and we win nothing. (laughs) We haven't won a trophy since 2008. The Padres have never won a trophy. I know there's more trophies in soccer, so a little bit different. But um, if I had to compare it to a squad, yeah, I mean, West Ham or Tottenham in that matter is very, very comparable to where we've both been so poor in the past, both not only in form and wealth, but in, um, yeah, well, in wealth and form. And then we've kind of grown into this um, powerhouse where we're not quite there i mean west ham's not a powerhouse i guess it's more more tottenham for you um but they have the the nice shiny stadium best stadium in the world got like the best player in soccer arguably harry kane fernando tatis harry kane kind of wants to leave though so i hope that's not the case with tatis so i'm not making that connection but um yeah i'd say that's my probably my squads as for players oh boy um Padres players, I got to say, I mean, Tatis has got to be, I already said Harry Kane, so I'm going to leave it at that. No, he he doesn't have the flair of like a, I'm going to go with Tatis is Ronaldinho from Brazil from about 10 years ago. A ton of flair. That's good. Just wore his emotion on his sleeve. He played through his, his soccer was his art and his emotion and everything rolled up into one. So I'm going to go Tatis is Ronaldinho. I'm going to give that that's, as my one comp. That's good. I really like that, actually. I'm not going to give a Tatis one then because that one was pretty spot on. Um, soccer team, I would say, like, we're like an arsenal, very similar to Tottenham. Like, we're not a big club, though, like either. of the, I, Tottenham's the perfect one. But Arsenal, as far as this season, I don't know if Arsenal is super hype, but you always feel like they're just one of those teams that can do it and have all the hype, and they're just kind of trash. <laughs> you can you don't have to quote me on that i'm not a big so i don't follow soccer a whole lot so i'm just kind of grasping at straws no, that's right completely now true but i've got a good player comparison ready I'm you're ready. gonna be surprised with this one this one's like for the soccer guys i feel like eric hosmer is harry Maguire. oh i love it right right that okay is solid big noggin came, and all came up with Leicester, had a good start to his career, made some, won a Premier League title, uh, made his name on with for himself on the English national team. Then he finesses Manchester United for millions of euros and is absolute garbage for them now <laughs> in the back line. And that's Eric Hosmer, finesse the pods and is absolute garbage right now. Dude, that was fantastic. That was I fantastic. Know. I, I know. I knew I was going to surprise you. I know. I know. I'm pretty <laughs> proud of myself for that one. So um, we got two left. Elizabeth Baltazar, a.k.a. Bet94. I'm honestly annoyed at the Padres with how everyone has been playing. We got swept by the Rockies. Yeah, you have every reason to be annoyed. There's not one person that you shouldn't be annoyed about maybe other than Tatis and fam, but yeah, getting swept by the Rockies is inexcusable and it's not going to get easier anytime soon. So I feel Mm -hmm. your pain there. 
Completely um, agree. Completely agree. And then last one, Dan Parker. I'm all ranted out. I am too, man. This has been an emotionally draining podcast. I'm done. I think I got everything out. That was two weeks of built up anger, tension, aggression that I've had. And I think I got it all out in that, that last hour. So hopefully they can, uh, they can make us feel better, but it's happy thoughts, people, happy, positive thoughts. No need to lash out on the players. They're trying. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I love the fact that you just said that we have to tone it down a little Padres Twitter. I mean, even if you're going to talk crap, just don't tag them, you know, like the, the players see that. So, and I understand, I completely understand they're playing like crap. The first person that knows that is them. They're not trying to play like that. Eric Cosmer is not trying to play like that unless he is trying to finesse us for some cash. Uh, you know, Profar is not trying to play like that. Guys like that, you know, Snell is not going to go out there on a freaking, what the heck is today? Wednesday and give up seven earned runs. It's, it's They're not trying. Yeah. To. Are they? Yeah. But, you know, we got to tone it down a little bit. Let's get behind our boys. We got opening day tomorrow all over again because we are just absolutely crushing it recently. Um, but with that being said, hopefully we can give the boys a boost, turn it around, back at home, sunny San Diego, summer's coming around. This is where it's turning. We'll see turning you guys in point, a baby. Turning point. Positive thoughts. If you need to kill them, kill them with kindness. Go pods. We'll see you next week. Um, we're recording Wednesdays now, so yep. pod will drop Thursday. Be on the lookout. Dr. Lose with the final words, dropping the mic. See y'all next Wednesday. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Podfathers, a Slam Diego Padres podcast, the People's Podcast. The Podfathers is produced by Lose and Walls. Our show is executively produced by Jacob Lamb. Our theme song is A Bubba by Trilock. To get in touch with the show, follow us on Twitter at podfathers619 or email us at podfathers at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major audio platforms. Go Pods!